What's up guys? Back at it again. What I wanted to do today is talk about a concept that I've started to piece together recently and it's called spiritual bypassing. Now, it's something that I've been trying to say almost indirectly uh, since I started the podcast. But I come to recognize that, uh, to be quite honest, I knew of the the definition of it, I just didn't know the phrase, you know? You're trying to search for a specific phrase, certain set of words, but you can't quite verbalize it, even if you can comprehend the concept behind it. That's practically what it was. Now, I've said before, both on this podcast and on my old blog from a while back, oh, WordPress, that uh, positive thinking is just as naive, if you will, as constantly negative thinking. And I said that the way to go was confidence, was confident thinking. This is something I'm still personally working on myself, but I think that the cynicism of this world, this this craving greed that drives the world, is so toxic that people can and have made money off of the positive mental attitude thing. You know, we've got billions of dollars made off of books like The Secret, Deepak Chopra, so on and so forth. And that's not to say those things don't have any validity, but it's more along the lines of of kind of what we have now, in a way, with regards to even gender relations. And I'll open up more about that on my next episode. But basically, we have ended up swinging the pendulum from one end, kicking it down all the way to the other end, you know? Reality, truth lies somewhere in the center of mass. Um... But the thing with that is people tend to either flip, you know, because people can only really burrow their way to one proper topic at a time. You know, this isn't like the olden days where people had breadth of knowledge. Where people automatically think, and you know, right off the bat, if you are against one thing, you must be pro-other thing. You know, you see this imposed duality, if you will, pushed constantly with regards to politics, pushed constantly with regards to gender relations, pushed constantly with regards to damn near anything, you know, if you hate Pepsi, you must love Coke, you know, they can't comprehend the concept that you're not normally a fan of soda. (laughs) So the concept of spiritual bypassing, uh, from what I'm piecing together, is basically this sense that, um, it's a sense of wrapping yourself up in spirituality, or religion, or whatever comforts you in a way, in order to, as the word says, bypass any real change in your life. Um, If the spiritual leader you so happen to follow mentions shadow work, mentions needing to unpack your own issues, unpack your own life, if you will, then you're probably on the right path. If, however, it's just a constant stream of non-stop positivity, raise an eyebrow at that. It's not to, again, it's not to say there is no validity to it. There is validity to it, especially if you yourself are coming from a deeply cynical mindset or this mindset where you are Kafka trapping yourself in a way where it's just all you focus on is the absurdities of this world instead of the possibilities. And to some degree, everybody does that, especially nowadays. You know, we're all human. We all have our flaws, if you will. Um, but people will suddenly go from constantly bemoaning and complaining about their problems to suddenly thinking that there are no problems, you know? And I think with a lot of people, you've ended up with this sense of just pushing away from any sort of real work being done in your life, you know? You've pushed away from this sense of needing
realize that there are issues that you need to face. There are things that drive you um, deep beneath your consciousness that you have to basically pull back on and find out about what's going on. You have to rectify what's going on. It's not to push a purely Freudian perspective of everything bad that happened to you in childhood would reverberate throughout your adult life. It's possible, but it's not the sole option. You know, plan there is that there's constant options. That there's constant ways and means to push forth and push through. We all have things to work on, and we will never, we will never not have things to work on. That's a part of life, and that is a normal, regular part of life. Even the people at the top of their game, the reason they remain at the top, at least the the solid good ones, tend to recognize that there are flaws. And they keep fixing it up. Or if they oh, they get hit with a, something that they're not expecting, they're able to recover relatively rapidly for one reason or another. Now again, rewinding back, um, too many people will use you know, their positive mental attitude, their faith, their... A lot of people use politics, substitute for it, um, to bypass the problems in their own life. And this was something I started to see mainly as a political end where people will go neck deep into politics and they're talking about the problems of the world um, talking about how the world should be, meanwhile their own lives are a wreck you know, and I, I saw that time and time and time again in political movements on both the left and on the right and um, it took me a little while to recognize that that concept was deriving from their own void within you know and it's the people that are most preoccupied on politics, hate to say it, uh, the majority of them are a wreck. The majority of them don't have much else going on in their lives. And the concept is called spiritual bypassing. You call it political bypassing, religious bypassing, um, and heck, you people even try to numb that void with, with drugs and alcohol. The majority of deaths now, especially for middle-aged men, are deaths of despair, deaths of feeling as if you have no purpose in life. And again, all these things that we see in this world, the degenerate culture, the lack of manners, the acting of beasts, if you will, they're all symptoms of a deeper cause, and that deeper cause is the fact that the majority of our lives have no purpose. There is no great goal to strive for for your average person. And at least not that they're aware of. There's no meaning. It's just the day-to-day blunt, you know, bluntly average for most. And even for most people, the average is hard to pull off just because lack of resources or this constant sense of 24-7 negativity, 24-7 positivity, 24-7 constant operant conditioning that the majority of our media has now become. Think about it. Television, if you really sound out the word, comes off as tell tell of it. Right? Social media. You know, it's a way to redirect you. There's a reason there are there algorithms. There's a reason you see certain things on the social media feed instead of other things. There's a reason why you can see the worst things almost right off the bat, but the legitimately good pages and good topics and strong uh, pages, you have to literally dig around to find, you know, on a fact-finding mission, if you will. 
people no longer believe in journalism, whether it's a profession or even just to watch it on the news. There's a reason why people despise our, our elected leaders, you know, because they're a reflection of the culture that we have, and so we get into politics, we get into spirituality, we get into faith, we get into the latest fad, if you will, to kind of bypass the void in our life, you know. That sounds pretty tragic, but it's true. We do that to fill the void in our lives the same way Isla Fisher in that movie about shopaholic would shop constantly in order to evade her own problems, in order to bypass these questions and these problems that she would not face or could not face. And that's what we're doing in life, you know? And that's why we've ended up where we've ended up. I was talking with a pretty interesting person tonight, and sometimes when you talk to people, you often end up reflecting the very things that you need to work on, you need to change, you need to rectify. And that, in a way, is the beauty of face-to-face communication as compared to most anything else. You can sometimes tease out the real issues while reflecting on somebody else. I started to find out more and more I've let my fear do the talking, that I've tried to make too many promises to too many people in an effort to feel useful in order to tamp down that constant sense of uselessness I've had since I was a teenager. And then I say to myself, how could I have known? And then I say to myself, what have I not truly answered yet? Why am I constantly afraid? Finances, there are people with less finances doing more. Weight, height, there are things I can truly change right about now. And the day I can change them, I'll change them. There are people that are shorter than me, people that are bigger than me, people that are taller than me, doing more with less. I don't have the resources. Some kid in Africa just literally built a water purifier out of scrap metal and, you know, the tin off of his family's shack. So the beauty of life, in a way, is a struggle. But we often point to the constant low-intensity conflict of modern life as a struggle that we're supposed to face. But what really happens when we do that is that the struggle, that type of struggle, becomes self-flagellation, becomes like the Catholic or the Muslim whipping the shit out of themselves in order to purgiate their perceived sins off of a God that they fear. That's not what my God did. My God, the gods of ancient Greece and ancient Rome. The reason why I came home to them was because they were above humanity, but also within. It was not transcendent transcendentalism versus pantheism. They were a unique combination of both. You would have gods that would sit high up on Mount Olympus, but there were only 12 gods on Mount Olympus. The rest of the gods would walk among you and I. Sometimes, even one of the 12 gods would step down and walk among humanity and talk to you and I. 
but given that there was a small spark of them inside of every one of us, you were expected to live the best life you could, to leave a legacy, not just for you, but for every other chain down the line. The Delphic Maxims were made in the ancient days as a codification of the Oracle of Delphi, of what the Oracle, who was a prophet of Apollo, would tell you. One of the 88 Maxims, yes, there were 88 Delphic Maxims, now you know the true origins of certain 88 points that you've heard about before. There's nothing new under the sun, everything's a rehash of what came before. Most of what we think is new and fresh and wonderful now is a rehash of ancient concepts that were long buried. Just like the Renaissance was a revival of ancient Greece and Rome in a stuffy Christian world. But the reason I chose my gods was because while they will help me if I have no other option, while I can and do pray to them, I don't pray for things directly. For the direct things, I'll attempt to push my own will out, and I'm working on that. But when I pray to Athena, I, Minerva, I do not pray for a specific thing there, specific thing there. I ask for wisdom and I ask for guidance. And boy, does she pray that. When I pray to Zeus and Jupiter, I pray for courage to walk in my own power and to lead the way and to remain the strong, solid lighthouse that I know I can be. And when I pray to one of my patrons, Hermes, and I do, I pray that the message that I speak will be carried forth onto any platform that I'm able to access, whether it's this platform, social media, or even face-to-face. I can impart some wisdom onto you. Perhaps I've done my job. If I can snap the bypassing that we as modern humans tend to fall into constantly, then I've done part of my duty. I'll look at you on those things. I'll be around.